ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونسترشده ونعوذ به من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسله الله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا أيها الإخوة الكرام يقول ربنا جل وعلا في كتابه المبين مسليا لرسوله ونبيه قد نعلم إنه لا يحزنك الذي يقولون فإنهم لا يكذبونك ولكن الظالمين بآيات الله يجحدون ولقد كذبت رسل من قبلك فصبروا على ما كذبوا وأوذوا حتى أتاهم نصرنا ولا مبدل لكلمات الله ولقد جاءك من نبأ المرسلين Indeed all praises belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for he is the creator, sustainer and regulator of the universe and all within. Thus we praise him and we thank him and we ought to praise him and thank him for the infinite grace, blessings and mercy he has bestowed upon us. We believe in him and put our trust in him. We also seek refuge with Allah from the evil inclinations of ourselves and from the evil of our actions. Know that whoever chooses guidance, there is none to misguide him or her. And whoever chooses misguidance, there is none to guide him or her. I bear witness that there is no God worthy of worship but Allah. He is one and has no partner. And I also bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the servant and messenger of Allah, whom Allah sent with the religion of truth and with guidance, so that this truth and this guidance will become established in the land and sufficient is Allah as a witness. Dear brothers and sisters, we live in a world in which there is a lot of uncertainty. People are worried. And there is a trend to deny the existence of God Almighty. Coupled with the reality of the Islamophobia that seem to be on the rise, the end result is that many Muslims, and in particular many of our young Muslims, our youth, are confused or might be worried that if they are identified as Muslims, harm could come to them. But there are certain realities, brothers and sisters, that we must come to grips with. And this is why we must read the Qur'an. This is why we must learn the Qur'an. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the Qur'an to guide us. To provide guidance in the very situations that we feel worried and confused and afraid. 
the Quran and its message were intended to lead us down the right path. The path that will bring us hope and inner peace. The path that, with, that, that will lead us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first reality, brothers and sisters, and I want our youth especially to pay attention to this. Because they are the ones who will probably bear the brunt of the Islamophobia that's, that's on the rise. They are the ones who will have to take this message forward. So they either do so with confidence, with pride, with their, held, with their heads held up high, with unshakable faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and complete trust in the wisdom and the help and assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or they do so with fear, being afraid, not confident in what they ought to believe in, not sure of what it means to be Muslim. So I want our youth especially to pay attention. The first reality, and there are many that the Quran deals with, that every Muslim, man or woman, young or old, needs to come to grips with and to be absolutely certain about is that the reality, brothers and sisters, is not what you and I want it to be. It's not what you and I think it should be. So those who think that they are superheroes, that they are prince or princesses, and they're entitled to this and entitled to that in life, they need to wake up. Reality is not what we want it to be, but reality is what Allah the Creator decreed it to be. And it doesn't matter who doubts this, because the doubters will never be able to change the reality. The Prophet ﷺ knew he came with a message that was good for his community and society. On a personal level, he was hurt by the fact that his own people refused to embrace the message that would bring about so much good for them. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses this issue in the Qur'an. There are two ayats in su from Surah Al-An'am that I want to share with you regarding this. Although there are other verses. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the Prophet alayhi salam, قَدْ نَعْلَمُ إِنَّهُ يَحْزُنُكَ الَّذِي يَقُولُونَ Surely we know the grief that you experience, O Muhammad, due to the things that they say to you. Allah tells him that we know this. We know that you are saddened and you are grieving because of the hurtful things they say to you. But here is the reality now. فَإِنَّهُمْ لَا يُكَذِّبُونَكَ وَلَكِنَّ الظَّالِمِينَ بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ يَجْحَدُونَ But the reality is, they don't reject you or deny you. They know that you're telling the truth. 
They know that you are a truthful man. They called you a Sadiq al-Ameen. So the reality Allah says is, the reality is, but those who, who are bent on doing wrong, deny the signs of Allah. That's the reality. The problem is not with you and I. The problem is people have problems with the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We cannot change this reality, brothers and sisters. If the entire world were to disbelieve in the existence of God, it will not change that reality that God does exist. So the first thing you and I need to come to grips with is that we don't make the reality. The reality was decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't make the plans and God fits into that, no. God is the one who plans and we fit into that. The second reality we need to come to grips with brothers and sisters, especially in the time in which we live. When the outlook of the world itself is based on material things. People are judged and they judge one another based on material things. We define success based on material terms. Many years ago, brothers and sisters, I was present in a mosque in which one of the board members of the masjid stood up and tell the, the shaykh who delivered the khutbah that if you had gone to study to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, I would have been prouder of you. But you went to study religion. That's the reality that we live. Especially in this time when God is taken out of the lives of people and it is replaced either with themselves or with material things. More than ever we need to come to grips with the second reality. And that is for us as Muslims brothers and sisters, we will from time to time always face trials and hardships in life. This is part of the reality that Allah decreed that no one will ever face ease in life from the beginning to the end. Nor will anyone ever face hardships in life from the beginning to the end of his or her life. There will always be ups and downs. So when we are faced with the difficulties and the hardships, what do we do? This is where some people lose their way. And they turn away from God Almighty. Because they blame God for the difficulties they are faced with. But this time for us as Muslims is also the Hajj time. And we all know very well that Hajj commemorates many events that transpired in the life of Ibrahim salam And his wife Hajar salam And in a few events that transpired in her life, we have guidance and we have an example. 
there is a woman, a lady, taken by her husband to a land that is strange. Not only is it strange, but there is nobody living there, not even one person. And the reason for that is there is no water. And as a result of the fact that there was no water, there was no vegetation. And as a result, nobody lived there. Of all the places in the world, he took them there and he left them there. And she asked him, now here's the lesson for us. Because when we are faced with, with trials and hardships and difficult times, we become agitated. We become stressed out. Sometimes we even lash out at the people around us. But the story of Hajar, brothers and sisters, is a story of hope for us. A story that we should not lose the, uh, uh, hope and we should never despair of the help and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Her husband Ibrahim alayhi salam brings her and this infant child, Ismail alayhi salam with a little bit of food and water and he leaves them in Mecca at a time when the Zamzam well was not flowing and Allah mentions this in the Quran رَبَّنَا إِنِّي أَسْكَنْتُ مِنْ ذُرِّيَّتِي بِوَادٍ غَيْرِ ذِي زَرْعٍ عِنْدَ بَيْتِكَ الْمُحَرَّمِ Ibrahim alayhi salam prayed and he said Oh Lord, I have left my family to live or some of my family to live in a valley that has no vegetation Near to your sacred house. And as he's leaving, she asks him, Why are you doing this? Why are you leaving us behind here? There's nobody living here. There is no water. How are we expected to survive and live? It seemed like it was a death sentence. But remember, brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us time and again in the Qur'an that whatever He orders, there is hikmah in it. We may not understand the hikmah at the, at the beginning. And He stayed silent alayhi salam. And she repeated her question, why are you doing this to us? And He stayed silent. And after the third time, she said to Him, did Allah order you to do this? And he, then he shook his head, yes. And she said to him, and here is the lesson for us, then Allah will not cause us to be lost. Allah will not forsake us. This is the hope, this is the faith, this is the trust we must have in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the reality is, brothers and sisters, we have the greatest help at hand. The greatest help at hand. Because Allah has power over all things. And what is impossible for you and I, is not impossible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have the greatest, greatest help at hand. The problem is, we hardly ever reach out to that help. We hardly ever raise our hands in dua, to access that help. So she said, then Allah will not fail us. He will not forsake us. 
And so Ibrahim alayhi salam left. And her food and water ran out. And she became desperate. You know the story. She climbed on the hill of Safa to look for people. When she didn't see anybody, she walked across and ran across to the other hill, Marwa. And she did that back and forth seven times. And up to today when we go for Hajj and Umrah, and we perform Umrah, we do Sa'i between Safa and Marwa. We, we run or walk the same distance that she did. Why? We ought to remind ourselves of the trust and the hope she had in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you see, she didn't sit back and say, well, you know, let God do what He has to do. She made effort. And that's what we are required to do. To put out human effort. To do what we possibly can as human beings. But at the same time, depending upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and having unshakable faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He will answer our prayers. Eventually, the Zamzam well began to flow. And her baby, her infant son, not only did he survive, but he would become one of the great messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in this short part of her life alone, there are great lessons for us brothers and sisters. This is why we need to study the Qur'an. Because these stories are not just to teach us history. The Qur'an is not a book of history. In it, there are lessons for you and I. For the challenges and the situations we face in our lives today. And it will always be a source of guidance for all those who come even after us. They will provide answers and guidance for the challenges that they will face in their lives as well. So in Allah, we must have hope. In Allah, we must put our trust. And to Allah, we should raise our hands and ask Him for what we want. Often, brothers and sisters, a person, when they are faced with hardships, often what we do is we make dua. But our hearts are not really into dua. Because we're also thinking about other human beings who can help us. And when we pursue all our avenues for help and we come up short, finally, when we resign ourselves to the fact and to the reality that only Allah can help. So we find the time when we are alone, perhaps in the darkness of the early morning at the Hajjah time. And we wake up. Everybody else is asleep. We wake up and we make the dua. And Allah answers the dua. Because that's when we demonstrate complete dependency upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Before, as I am making dua, I am also asking other people for help. Not that there is anything wrong with that. But when we demonstrate complete trust in Allah and dependency upon Allah, that's when the answers come. So the lesson we learn from this event in the life of Hajar alayhi salam is number one, to have faith, to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
to have unshakable faith and iman in Allah and the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The promise of Allah not only that He will help us and assist us and answer our prayers, but we should also be convinced of the promise of Allah that the hereafter is real. That there is Jannah. That there is the hellfire. That there is a judgment. That there is accountability. And that Jannah is not for free. We have to earn the right to go to paradise. But we have a lifespan that's long enough and adequate enough to do what we need to do in order to save ourselves from the hellfire and to become deserving of being admitted to paradise. This much every human being is the same. We all have exactly the same chance and opportunity to save ourselves from the hellfire and to be admitted to paradise. No one is privileged. Even the Prophet's own family, his closest family, his daughter Fatima radiallahu anha, he told her, Ya Fatima, anqidhi nafsaki min al-nar, fa inni la ughni anki min Allahi shay'a. He said, O Fatima, save yourself from the hellfire, for I have no power to assist you in any way before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there is no privilege. It's each one of us brothers and sisters, we decide, we choose, and then we do. So it's our choices and actions that will determine whether or not we're safe from the hellfire and we're deserving to go to paradise. So the first lesson is unshakable faith and belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second is that we must put out effort and hard work. Because she didn't sit back. She searched for water. She ran between the hills seven times. The third thing is, we must turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and access that help. Raise our hands in dua. Dua is one of the most powerful aids that Allah has given to us. The problem is we underuse it. Because we have the tendency only when we're, when we're in difficulty, we want to pray. But we should pray all the time. When, we are, when life is easy, we should thank Allah and be grateful. And ask Him not to cause us to become oblivious to His blessings. Because when times are easy, it is easy to become oblivious to the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is easy to, to be entrapped with the enjoyment and the indulgence in pleasures and forget to thank the Creator. So we should reach out. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, in Surah Ghafir, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ أُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ And your Lord has said, Invoke me, I will answer you. In this construct here in Arabic grammar, brothers and sisters, means that if the dua happens, the answering will happen. It's guaranteed. <clears throat> then Allah tells us about those who don't make dua. 
Surely those who are proud to worship me. And here it actually means dua. They're too proud to make dua. They don't feel they need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They believe they can do it on their own. Surely those who are proud to worship me will enter the hellfire disgraced and humiliated. The most powerful aid is at hand. But we have to reach out to that aid, brothers and sisters. We have to raise our hands in dua and pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Especially when we are alone and no one is around and we feel overwhelmed with the situation we're in. Whether it is an exam, whether it is the job, whether it's anything else in life. Dua is our best help and our best chance at help. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless all of us, that He will open our hearts and minds so that not only can we understand this wonderful message is revealed for the upliftment of people in this world as well as in the next world. But that Allah the Exalted will motivate us to live by this message. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cause us to be among those who have unshakable faith in Him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cause all of us to be among those who completely put their trust in Him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cause us to be among those who constantly and regularly raise their hands in dua to Him. May He cause us to be among those in whose lives dua is a prominent feature. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين من كل ذنب فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. اللهم الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى وبعد. Let us also send peace and blessings upon the Messenger of Allah. For Allah has commanded us to do so in the Quran when He said, In Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala al-Nabi. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik wa an'im ala abdika wa rasulika Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabih wa tabi'ina wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawmiddin wa radallahuma anil khulafai rashidin al-a'immati al-mahdiyin Abi Bakrin wa Umar wa Uthman wa Ali wa an baqiyati sahabati nabiyika ajma'in wa anna ma'ahum bimannika wa rahmatika ya arhamar rahimin Allahumma a'izza al-islam wa al-muslimin اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر إخواننا المسلمين المستضعفين والمظلومين في كل مكان اللهم أفرغ عليهم صبرا وثبت أقدامهم وانصرهم على القوم الكافرين وانصرهم على القوم الفاسقين وانصرهم على القوم المجرمين اللهم اجعل لهم من ضيقهم مخرجا اللهم انصرهم بنصرك وأيدهم بتأييدك وأمدهم بمددك وأنت على نصرهم لقدير ربنا لا تدع لنا في هذا اليوم المبارك ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا دينا إلا قضيته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا مريضا إلا شفيته ولا ميتا إلا رحمته ولا ولدا إلا أصلحته ولا مظلوما إلا نصرته ولا حاجة من حوائج الدنيا والآخرة هي لك رضا ولنا فيها صلاح إلا يسرتها وقضيتها يا أرحم الراحمين let us also pray for our brothers and sisters who are uh, who have passed away. Just before the salah, a brother informed me his mother passed away. 
and he's asking that we make dua so let us pray for her as well as our other brothers and sisters who, are, who have passed away Allahumma ghfir li ukhtina hadihi wa sa'iri mawta al-muslimin Allahumma ghfir lahum warhamhum wa'afihim wa'afu anhum we ask you O Lord to have mercy on this sister of ours who has passed away and all other Muslims who have passed away. We ask you to shower them with your mercy and forgiveness, to pardon them and overlook the faults. And to wash away their faults and their sins with water, hail and ice and purify them as a white garment is purified from impurities. Allahumma jazihim bil ihsani ihsana. We ask you, O Lord, to reward them for the good they have done with an increase in goodness. And for the sins they have committed with forgiveness and pardon. Allahumma ajirhum min fitnatil qabri wa adabin nar. We ask you, O Lord, to protect them from the torment of the grave and the punishment of the fire. And to admit them into paradise in the company of your righteous servants. Ya Aziz, Ya Ghaffar. Allahumma ila sirna ila ma qadsaru ilay. And we ask you, O Lord, to have mercy on us whenever we meet the same end as they have met. Let us also pray for our brothers and sisters who are sick. Allahumma shfi mardana wa marda al-muslimin. Allahumma rabba al-nasi adhib al-ba's. Ishfi anta shafi. Ishfi anta shafi. Ishfi anta shafi. La shifa'a illa shifa'uk. Shifa'an la yugadiru saqma. Allahumma khaffif alamahum. Wa yassil lahum umurahum. Wa ask you, O Lord, to ease their pain and suffering. And to make easy for them the affairs of their lives. Allahumma alhimhum al-sabra wa thabat. And to inspire them, O Lord, with patience and steadfastness to submit to and to accept what you have decreed. Allahumma kfil al-Muslimina wal-Muslimat wal-Mu'minina wal-Mu'minat al-Ahiyai minhum wal-Amwat innaka qaribun sami'un mujibu da'awat wa qumu ila salatikum. Please straighten the lines, fill in the gaps. Brothers, uh, at the main door, if you go to area, usually there is extra space up there. Make sure that uh, we have only one line that is incomplete. And please also turn off your cell phones. Bismillah. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar.